and welcome to the Time for the Good News podcast, the place where you'll hear nothing but good news. We are your host, Susan and Darren Grantfield. So here we are, episode seven. Can you believe we've done six episodes already, Dan? I can't really. It, was a, it only seemed like yesterday that we talked about starting the podcast. I know, I know. And if you think of the many, many great stories that we've shared in that time, um, it's it's just quite incredible and it really got us thinking about this episode and while we've still got lots and lots more good news stories to share we just thought it might be good to pause and reflect a little bit on our favourite stories the ones that we feel have been most impactful the ones that our listeners have told us they've enjoyed most so it's going to be a bit of a different episode this time um we also would quite like to share our learning from doing this podcast what we've discovered um as well um, so we hope you enjoy revisiting some of your favourite stories. And Dan, you wanted to just say something to our listeners. Yeah, first of all, I just want to say thank you very much to all of our listeners. Um, as you may or may not know, um, these podcast handling websites give you all sorts of statistics about listeners, things like that. And first of all, I'd like to say, that, you know, 80% of our listeners come from the United Kingdom. Mm-hmm. But tr- 17% from the United States. So a big wave to our friends... Mm across the pond and actually we've started to there's been a few stories from the USA mm-hmm. in there but we also have had listeners from Barbados oh. Japan Ireland we have a regular from Ireland I'm not sure oh. you might know who it is if you've got any mm, cards possibly, in Ireland yep. and we've got a regular listener from India as well so there's a little nice. bit of international reach for the yeah. podcast as well oh, I love that I love that and we do actually not hugely consciously but we do um, like to share um, stories from across the world and I think we've done that that pretty well as you're not consciously going looking for them but there's just so many good things happening all over the world so yeah to all of our listeners um, thank you and you know please share stories that are more local to you from around the world we'd love to hear things that are more local to you as well yeah that'd be great actually to bring uh, you know even more and there's a local theme to one or two of my the things that I've noticed while we've been doing the podcast as well so the more local stories that perhaps aren't big news mm. might actually make the podcast more interesting yeah. for listeners moving forward. Yeah, yeah. So please, as always, um, just invite you to share. You can email us um, uh, and the details are um, on our Facebook page. So Susan and Dan's podcast is, is the best place to go, Susan and Dan's podcast. You can share share stories with us there, get in touch with us there, um, and we'll probably we'll, we'll say, share our email address at the end of the this episode as well. So, um, I, I, I just thought I would um, kick off with the overall kind of themes that, that I've seen, and I'm particularly drawn to the people stories, and the, what I would call the, the people interest stories. And the thing that I've noticed when I've looked back is that human beings are an incredible force for good particularly when they have a sense of purpose and a sense of connection now that's probably not new I mean you know that's how humans have evolved but a lot of these good news stories come down to one person having a strong sense of purpose and how they bring people along with them and then a lot of the stories are also about just the the basic humanity and the incredible acts of humanity that people have demonstrated even in difficult times so I'll maybe touch on some of those Um, Dan what's been your kind of overall reflections I think uh, when I was thinking about it I came up with a few key strands that seem to come through from um, you know the stories that we've we've looked at 
and I'll I'll talk about those. I kind of give it away if I give you a list of them now, mm. and I, I'd like to move through them kind of in a sequence if that's all right with you. Yeah, um, we'll I'll start. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, okay. So <clears throat> now we talked about not mentioning the new C word mm-hmm. or the coronavirus pandemic, but I was interested in how they managed to develop the vaccine so quickly. So I had a look at the Oxford AstraZeneca vaccine to understand how they developed it so quickly. So they developed it so quickly because all the barriers that were previously there were lifted. And those are mainly funding barriers. Mm -hmm. So when things are developed, and as you know, I've introduced quite a few medical stories Mm. uh, into the podcast in the past, that these very clever mega boffins, as I Mm -hmm. like to refer to them as, are constantly... Um, doing their research in stages because they have to apply for funding at each stage. Now I've introduced medical ones and I've introduced climate ones as well. Some some amazing work done around the climate climate uh, emergency, should we say, that we've got. So we look at vaccines that are about protecting human beings and us from a deadly virus. Mm. We've got rid of all the barriers and we've thrown trillions of pounds at it meanwhile we've got a climate emergency going on for the last however many decades Mm -hmm. and there's still funding barriers to the destruction of our planet and the species within it around us Mm -hmm. so it's almost as if we we are able to do it for ourselves but we're not able to do it for the world and the environment around us and that's i find that slightly irksome now Mm. uh, realizing that the amazing work has been done with vaccines because these barriers have been removed, both political and funding barriers. Yeah, and collaboration has been amazing around the combating the coronavirus. So why haven't we done it for the environment mm. in which we live? Mm. Doesn't make any sense to me. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and and I I wonder, um, you know, just thinking about some of the the stories that I um, picked up on where at that big macro level it's not happening but at a more micro more local level there are things that are happening where people um don't have that same sense of those barriers so i think about probably one of my favorite stories of of all of our episodes was um jadav paying the forest man of india now you know he he has single-handedly planted over 550 hectares of of woodland in, in india and um, and he's partly doing it, well, maybe mostly doing it from an environmental point of view. So, you know, not seeing the barrier of, well, I'm only one person. So, you know, at the opposite end of what you're talking about, where it's like, why can't we on a collective scale do these things? People are doing things at this individual level, which is quite incredible. That was another of my key things, actually, was um, individual drive, people's individual drive. And we know this, you know, history has proven this. The power of certain individuals um, standing up and doing something locally. Mm-hmm. Most of our stories, they're doing something locally. They're not balancing the weight of the world on their shoulders. They've decided to have an impact on their local environment and area. Forest Man of India, Nequinte mm-hmm. uh, Nequima in Ecuador, mm-hmm. um, the indigenous uh, tribe leader who took on the Ecuadorian government and won. Mm-hmm. Um, Sean John Gould your story about the chap who created the walking group mm-hmm. and you know the kind of the that brought people together yeah and that's one guy's idea yeah you know so i mean that that uh, 
those individuals have created so much good mm-hmm. um, through their own determination, but also by keeping it local. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I yes, think that's interesting. The and I think sometimes we can feel overwhelmed with trying to, as you say, sort of take the weight of the world on our shoulders and go, well, how can I deal with it? But another story that pops into my mind is Dr. Mahendra Patel, um, who I had a wonderful conversation with, and he he's a pharmacist by trade who is um, tackling health inequalities in the, the black and ethnic minority and deprived communities. And he, he, he's... Um, yeah, he's keeping it local and he's using his skills and his knowledge to really make a difference to people. And, you know, I'd, I'd love to think that, that some of our listeners who've got a purpose and a passion and who have maybe not stepped into that space because they think, well, who, who am I to make a, a change, can listen to some of these stories and think, well, if I, if I just take a step forward and do what I can here, you know, what, what difference could it make? Yeah, because also my Hindu historian, uh, you know, there's a little bit about community resilience there as well, you know, creating resilience in the community in different ways. So you had a story about solar panels mm-hmm. in Kensington in, in, in London, London yeah. and that was for the benefit of community for, and the environment, clean mm-hmm. energy as well. And it creating these little pockets of resilience in the community and the way we, we do things differently has so much positive impact, not just on people, mm-hmm. but on the environment around us, and therefore again, more positive impact on people and animals and you know mm-hmm. things like that. So, you know, that was another one was you know generosity from organisations within the community, mm-hmm. as well as individuals' generosity with their time and energy mm-hmm. um, has, has created so many good mm. good news stories that we've talked about. Yeah, and that makes me think of, of two um, that, that we shared. So one was, you remember um, that we ta- I, I shared a story about a high street letting agency yes. that was specifically focusing on helping homeless people, you know, fight, find places to live. And they were doing it in a, in a way where it was, there was a real dignity around it. So the, the shops that the homeless people would go into or the, the retail space they would go into that's maybe not the right term, but you know what I mean? The space yes, they would go into yeah. to speak to somebody was like your Foxton's or your Corum or whatever, um, your, your sort of um, uh, high street letting agent. So it was a real sense of dignity. It's not separating you out as somebody um, different. And so I love that. That was the community element. Uh, it was a business doing what they do, but doing it for, for, you know, for good, a wider good, and helping people to help themselves. And the other one that comes to mind is um, Greyston Bakery, the, the brownie oh, yes. bakery brownies. in, in New York. 65 million brownies. Yeah, 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 mind boggles. Um, but their approach to getting people into work was, I mean, for some people you would say, what, how would that possibly work? To have a recruitment or an application process where you have two questions. One is, what's your legal status to work here? And what's your physical ability? Um, not from a discrimination point of view, but from a point of view of how can we help you work? People would say you can't run a business like that, but yet they are yeah, hugely brilliant, successful. Brilliant. Um, and people go through this apprenticeship program, and and if they're if, you know if they do well, then they get a job. And this is people who other businesses would not look at; wouldn't they? Wouldn't even get a foot in the door. They created so much opportunity. And if you relate, you know, Greystone Bakery to the letting agency, mm. you know, those two things, if they were in the same area, combined together, providing opportunity for people and dignity in finding housing mm-hmm. that could be a very powerful combination 
um, and, you know and also I was thinking about a lot of these things steps little mm-hmm. steps to get started so Forrest Mann mm-hmm. and then Chris Nickich that he just father, came into my mind his father you know saying start with one press up yeah by the end of it after he was doing uh, it was it it's an, an enduro a- Ironman Iron Man. triathlon yeah it was an incredibly long one as well I couldn't believe mm-hmm. how far it was um, and Forest Man, one tree a day, one plant a day, mm-hmm. and he planted uh, a forest bigger than Central Park in the middle of New York. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, so those those small steps and stages mm-hmm. that have taken you know that take people a long time, but they keep going with that same energy, and it creates something great. Yeah, yeah, and that that brings to mind um, Jose Hernandez, who was the um, who became an astronaut. And his story was incredible because he, it was 11 times he applied to NASA um, to join their space programme and um, eventually he did and he came from a background that is not one that you necessarily associate with um, getting into you know, the realms of being an astronaut but he believed, other people around him didn't believe but he believed and he, he kept moving towards his, his dream and he achieved it. And then commits to paying it forward by creating a yeah. he created an academy or, yeah, yeah. or something for aspiring mm. astronauts, didn't he? So, you know, achieved what he always wanted to achieve through great struggle, but didn't stop there and mm. wanted other people to benefit from his experience mm. and maybe not have to struggle as much as him mm-hmm. to yeah. get into space. Yeah. Amazing yeah. yeah. story. Yeah. And isn't that that for me is one of the um the powerful things about human beings is we're we're if, if with the right intentions we're always looking to make things better I know yeah. sometimes it doesn't always feel like that um, but you know there's there's a way that we can learn from things and we can through our experience we can try and make things better for other people which I think is pretty amazing that's it absolutely yeah again I, I go back to ecological diversity on the planet for me as well we're still finding new species mm-hmm. you know we're, and we're still finding uses for things that we've been using for many, many years. You know, I introduced, uh, there was a plant mm-hmm. that was uh, had found to be really effective in the treatment of breast cancer. Yeah, yeah. And they'd been using it as some kind of chemical, uh, sorry, to study the structure of a plant, it had a perfect structure or something. Mm-hmm. It'd been used for years, but suddenly they've, they've tried something different with it and mm. it's showing great results. Hopefully the funding will be there in the future to develop that into an actual treatment. But then, you know, you're still finding the tiny chameleon. Yes. You know, in Madagascar, you know, the thing, you think the world's been completely discovered. Mm-hmm. It just hasn't. Mm-hmm. You know, if you've ever watched some of the, you know, the exploring programs, there's so many insects out there that have never been categorised. And you just don't, we don't understand the power of maintaining that diversity, which means we're still not doing quite enough to protect mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what's around us mm-hmm. um, but we should be celebrating that you know celebrating yeah. that ecological diversity and the diversity in the world amongst us as yeah. human beings as well yeah and and you know f- the, there definitely is lots of, I think this for me was one of the drivers of, of, for doing our podcast in the first place is it's very easy to look at and the mainstream media points us all the time to where I think we're not doing as much as we could and where things are devastated but there's a huge amount of good stuff going on and uh, I remember coming across the blue the blue belt project, yes, yeah, which was like the green belt project, but for oceans. Um, and the British government is is committed to maintaining and protecting diversity in those oceans. And we talked a lot about carbon drawdown and lots of things, 
lots of ways where people are discovering um, people know the solutions to some of the big problems um, and we'll not go into why why it's not happening you've mentioned funding already but the the point is the solutions are there there and there's loads of human beings who are willing to step into that space to make things happen and also the reintroduction of spaces into areas where they've you know they've they've been hunted to extinction in the past or you know we talked about beavers quite a lot mm-hmm. actually you know beaver populations uh, promoting the growth of other creatures coming into that back into that area as well as protecting a village from from flooding mm. but again you know we touched on myself and you have touched on the theme of the world as a system yes and there's very much you know when one animal becomes extinct it has other effects it's not just the loss of that animal there's a a break in the chain a break in the with the energy should we say you know mm. which affects a number of other species and creatures as well mm-hmm. uh, which again you know is even says that it's even more important mm-hmm. to keep protecting the species that we find mm, yeah absolutely anything else from you Dan any of other learnings from you that you haven't I think that's uh, yeah. I think I've just about covered my learnings actually well, yeah, and I think we've, we've covered lots of big points there, but there were a few other l- sort of stories that, that I just really loved. You know, the anonymous Santa um, the, the, in, um, in Canada where, you know, in a couple of nights before Christmas went and left little gift packs around the community. And again, around Christmas time in Holland, there was a community that all came out together and, and gave a, a gift to their postman. Good old um, Christmas tree. Donnell's Christmas tree, yeah. yeah. Um, so there's so there's just so many things, and um, you know, yeah, we've talked about some of the the big sort of macro global things, but these things that are happening locally, and what individual people are capable of doing just blows my mind a little bit. And I think if we mobilise ourselves uh, as human beings to just do something locally, yeah, imagine the impact that would have. Yeah, know, yeah. Everybody to do something locally. Yeah. I mean, we've seen. We've seen it happen during the pandemic. Yeah, mm-hmm. Communities mobilising, helping neighbours, doing things that they, they didn't do before. Mm. Yeah, and it just shows the power of that. Mm. So, yeah, we're going to continue with the podcast. We're going to do more episodes, bring more good news. Um, and we would really love more input from those of you that are in the far-flung corners of the of the world that are listening to us. Um, it just, it, it feels like, we started this when we were kind of really in the middle of, of this pandemic and hopefully it feels we're almost um, towards the end of it, but who knows? But I don't think we're going to stop sharing good news because it's, it's it just make, makes us feel good. I think it makes other people feel good. And the one thing, the thing I would want to, I want to finish with saying is that I have been amazed at how relatively easy it is to find good news stories if you just go looking for them if you just open up to the good stuff that's there you'll find it absolutely and one thing i've learned as well is you learn so much more from good news stories than you do from bad news stories absolutely so on that note i think we'll end this episode um so as i said you can contact us via facebook susan and dan's podcast you can email me on susan at susangrandfield.com and dan at bluecragsconsulting.com Right. Thank you for listening and we will see you or you'll hear us again soon. See you all. Bye.